Yo, what's up, faders? It's your boy, Johnny. And before we get to the show, I have an opportunity for you. Well, in fact, I have 50 opportunities for you. A few years ago, I painted all 50 American states. And in each and every state, I painted in all major city names, the state's cultural icons, pop culture that pertains to that specific state, and a whole lot more fun, interesting, and educationally groovy stuff. The project took me over eight months to complete, and now they're yours forever. I have digital prints available for download on the Spilt Inks Etsy shop. These prints started off at about five bucks a pop, but not anymore. These high resolution prints are a dollar each. They're yours for a dollar each. So brighten up your walls and expand your mind with your favorite state. These prints are a dollar each. And there were so much more. These are these, these paintings are absolutely incredible. You're gonna love them. And if you don't like the state project, that's cool, that's cool. Johnny still has love for you. But check out the Spilt Inks Etsy shop to find all sorts of other wild art that will save your soul and blow your mind. So go down to the show notes for a direct link to the Spilt Inks Etsy shop. Go there, shop away, support the show because we love you and we love art too. So faders, without further ado, enjoy the show. Garfiti Japan! What's up, faders? Welcome to yet another action-packed episode of Godfaded Japan. I am your host, Johnny. And I'm Tom Dump Tokyo. That's right. And as you fine folks know, Godfaded Japan is about two dudes booze. Japan in the news. That's right. Tommy, what episode is this? I do believe it is 524. 524. Holy smokes, my man. 524. How many of these episodes have we done using Skype? Has it been like 10, 12? I don't know. I'd have to check. It's been a lot. It's been a lot. I'm still not used to it. I'm still not used to it, but it's been quite a few, man. Oh, man. How are you surviving the apocalypse today? Are you okay? Is today a good day? Is Tommy happy today? Yeah, dude, I'm fucking happy because uh, guess what? I got a fucking bottle of champagne here. Ooh, high roller. Premium States, sparkling brutes, product of Espana. Estonia? So, yeah, Estonian man. champagne? Espana, so it means Spain, I believe. Oh, Spain. I was like, Estonian champagne? Holy shit. Champagne. I didn't even know they had vegetation there. <laughs> well, okay, basically, my wife got after me about spending money on booze. And, oh. like, I was like, I. I, I, I see what you're saying. So I just went downstairs and bought a 500 yen bottle of champagne. So it's like five bucks. So now she can't really get after me. It's like, it's 500 yen. She's like, mm, okay. 
Whoa, dude, that is fucking cheap. Dude, you are going to get the worst hangover tomorrow, dude. What what percent is that? Is that like what? Like what, 8, 12%? It's it's 10%. Like oh. as and as I recall, like I've had I've had like not this specific. I might have had this champagne. I can't even keep track of them all, but there's just a bunch of them on the clearance rack. I just go down and buy them and I've had them several times with Sean. Actually, as I recall, I drank one of these bottles with you and we didn't have any hangovers. We got pretty toasty, though. I, I do remember that. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah, um, well, be careful with that, man. A lot of sugar and champagne. Uh-uh. And you got to be uh, watching your weight, dude. You're getting zero exercise other than picking up that kid. Then again, picking up that kid is pretty good exercise. It's kind of like doing a squat every time you pick him up, right? Yeah, so, like, yeah, I play with him a little bit. So, like, yeah, he's big. He's, like, over 20 pounds now. He's a fucking monster. Fuck, dude, I swear, like, every day pounds? that kid gets big. Over... Over 20 pounds. And he's only six months, so yeah. So you're telling me that your six-month kid, or six-month-old kid, I don't know how to say it, the six-month-old kid weighs the same as Kate Moss in 1994. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, pretty much. Something oh, like that. Jesus Christ, Ooh. dude. <laughs> he's big and he's strong. He's, he'll be sitting next to me. On, he'll be lying next to me on the bed and he'll start kicking. And it's like, ow, dude, stop kicking. That fucking hurts. His like, legs are seriously starting to develop. You know, you know what else? You know what else? You told me that I had to like go out and fucking do something productive or whatever, do something else besides sit around and fucking watch Netflix and play with my son. So I did. You started I just jerking off. On my, yeah, instead of jerking off, well, I do that too. I do that on my own time. There, believe me. But uh, uh, what was it? Not, nah, but like, so me and my wife just celebrated my son's half birthday. Whoa, that's kind of racist. Uh, yesterday. No, half birthday as is he's six years old. I don't want to fucking six any months fucking old. shit about that. Happy half birthday. It sounded so racist for a second. No, it's not. Okay, I, okay I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quote our good buddy Anthony H., when I was talking to, when I was talking to him about parenting and, you know, what it's like, you know, to have a kid in Japan. I'm going to quote him. saying, I'm going to say, I'm going to teach my kid the same thing he says to his kids. He just looks at him, he says, Boys, you're not half, you're double. You don't speak half English and half Japanese, you speak both, therefore you're double. And I'm like, I think that's fucking cool, so I'm going to go with that. Dude, Anthony H. is the baddest motherfucker in the world, dude. I fucking love that guy, man. Fucking, I've done a couple of drunk Skypes with that guy. I think we yeah. did one last week, and then the, pretty much like every week and stuff, I call him up in the middle of the night, I'm like, yo, man, you drinking? He's like, yeah, man, I've been drinking all day. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> drinking with that guy on Skype is a fucking blast, dude. I fucking love it. I highly recommend it if you haven't done it yet. Yeah, we got to get uh, on the no. show. Yeah, he's fucking cool. Yeah, yeah, because I've drunk with him a couple times. He's a cool motherfucker. And like, yeah, actually, I, I plan on buying some new shoes for him once this uh, shit blows over. Oh, yeah, I should buy some of his shoes, too. Yeah, I could. then again, I haven't been wearing shoes in like uh, a long time. <laughs> Then again, I'm getting so goddamn fat, dude. Uh, probably the sh my shoes won't even fit me, man. It's fucking crazy, man. So, but, uh, so you're the only exercise that you're doing is lifting up your kid, dude. You know what I did today? This is some crazy shit. This. Okay, my wife does aerobics. You know, you remember like in the '80s, there was like Jane Fonda and all that shit. Huh. Okay. Yeah, yeah I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Anyway, my like, wife, you know, chicks would like to like get dolled up in their fucking aerobics gear and they'd be watching TV and they'd just be imitating the moves and shit. Oh, God, they're so hot. Yeah, dude, it's fucking great. But oh, anyway, oh my God. But, yes, yes, oh, yes. Dude, it's so fucking awesome. Oh, my God. 
Little teenage me had a fucking raging boner whenever I'd see that. Oh, Jane Fonda. Oh, but uh, yeah. So my wife's been doing like, you know, exercises on YouTube, right? She goes like for like a 30 minute, like uh, aerobic workout kind of thing. And so she, there's like millions of them and she just chooses one. And every day she does a different one and shit. And I'm fucking painting and shit. And she's like, hey, fat ass, do you want to do a little aerobics? Get off your ass. And I'm like, man, I don't want to do that shit. That's for girls. She's like, ah, you can't handle it. So I was like, all right, fuck it. I'll try it. You know what, dude? I couldn't handle it. Not at all, dude. Fucking uh, 30 minute like workout. I fucking lasted like 10 minutes, dude. It's fucking hardcore, dude. It's really hardcore. And I wasn't wearing enough neon either. So that's another disadvantage I had. But yeah, man, fucking go. Or leg warmers. I didn't have leg warmers. I'm wearing sweatpants and I'm wearing a fucking Budweiser shirt. (laughs) But yeah, dude, those fucking chicks, dude, they're fucking athletic, man. They're fucking bouncing around and stuff. They're doing jumping jacks and squats and these weird cruel things. And then after that, they do push-ups and shit on their knees. It's fucking nuts, dude. Yeah, dude. Like, because I remember, like, back in the day, like, when I actually used to run track when I was in college. And back in the day, man, like, yeah, we had, we'd have, like, special workout classes. We had, like, normal field practices where we'd do our thing. But, like, coach would, like, try to diversify it up. So we had couple of aerobics classes every once in a while and, and uh, we'd always have fucking pool like classes in the pool and remember track is a co-ed sport so there's like chicks in there that are in very very good shape and you know in their prime and fucking hot so like the senior guys would tell you know when you're a freshman the senior guys would all go around they'd be like yeah yeah we got aerobics class today or we're in the pool today it's like whatever you do make sure you wear really loose shorts and you're just like why and then you go there <laughs> then you go there and you see all these fucking you know aerobics class girls are all in spandex and they're bending over you fucking pop a woody same with the fucking pool every every, every gut dude in there had a raging erection oh uh-huh. you went yeah. to a good school huh <laughs> oh man yeah, yeah, aerobics, dude. That shit ain't no joke, man. You fucking work the fuck out when you do that shit. Oh, my God, dude. Dude, my arms are fucking sore, dude. I, I got a fucking double whiskey right now in this glass, and I can barely hold it up, dude. It's actually, it's effort. I get, My brain has to tell my arm to lift this shit up. I'm like, okay, arm, lift up that whiskey. Ugh. Now put the whiskey in the fucking mug, and then fucking I drink it. Dude, my arms are going to be fucking jello tomorrow, dude. I don't even know what's going to happen. It's going to be weird, dude. Oh, man. So, yeah, yeah I've been exercising a little bit today. Yeah, that, that that's what I did today. I, I did my artwork. I did a little bit of reading. And then I, I did Jane Fonda Japan. It was pretty good. Pretty good. I sweated. Oh, I haven't sweat in a while. Oh, Ah, yeah. Oh, actually, you know, you know what else happened to me? Like, uh, I had a really good day today because I woke up to a nice little present. So I wake up and, like... Facebook messengers, like my phone's blanking. I look on Facebook me- me- uh, Messenger, and uh, Brian gave us a fucking awesome piece of fan art. Yeah, that's right, Brian, dude. Fucking hooking it up. Dude, that guy, speaking of art, man, that guy is a talented fucking dude, man. That guy, his his style is it's energetic, it's bright, it's in your face. It takes no bullshit from nobody, dude. It is like the Robocop of fucking graphic design and artistic motion this guy is fucking badass dude what do you think ah yeah i think his artwork is fucking awesome i really like his i I like his style because he's a big fan of cartoons yeah and you can definitely see like an influence and uh actually like uh what was it like i friended him on facebook because he's he's, like a friend of the show and like because he did uh he done some previous pieces for us i think he did the faded films uh logo for us and i think some other stuff yep and like he he just messaged me like you know because I got to chat in on Facebook and he's a really good dude. 
Hell and yeah. like he just messaged me. It was like, I'm bored, man. Can I like you just, if, if you want to just give me like a project, I'll do it. I was like, seriously, all, all right. He, he, actually, he actually said this to me before, but I was like, man, this dude's like done some cool artwork and like hasn't asked us for anything in return. So I was like, I didn't want to like abuse the, like, I don't, I, okay, well, I don't, I want to say this. I want to be grateful and humble to all the fans we got. I don't want to like abuse my privileges, but like, I was like, okay, if you're fucking bored, how about this? So it was my idea. So I was like, this is what I want. I want uh, me as Godzilla coming out of the fucking ocean and Johnny as fucking Astro Boy flying around. I think it'd be, you look fucking dope. And he did it. And it's fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you creative bastard you oh man yeah it is pretty amazing dude it is really spectacular that's, that's a good idea, right we're got faded japan man so like yeah dude oh uh, yeah also faders once again facebook page uh, i posted that and it's got uh, a link to his web page he does take commissions that's uh, uh, the illustrated mind of brian T- T- typhair yep. am, am i pronouncing that right i hope i am okay asking the right, wrong good. guy dude and uh, yes, the worst so of pronunciation yeah, I know. Um, and, but no, he's a really good dude. He has awesome artwork and he does take commissions. Oh, also, I was t- talking to him and he's got his own podcast, which he's just started. Um, what is it? It's called The Nostalgic Dad, Dad, and it's all about uh, cartoons from the 80s and 90s. Fuck yeah, dude. Great podcast. Faders, yeah, so check I, I haven't listened out. to it yet, but I, I, yeah, uh, I haven't listened to it yet, but I do plan on it because I, I love that shit. I mean, he said that. I was like, oh, 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 that's my jam. I love that fucking shit. Fuck yeah, dude. So, yeah, he, I, was, I, was talking, I was talking to him earlier today, and he was like, man, I really wish I could podcast like three times a week like you got, you got, you two guys do. And I was like, yeah, it's, uh, it's something to do, right? Well, it's great, but fucking, dude, my liver is fucking on its last legs, dude. Holy shit. Because Faders... After we do the show, Tom and I, we usually hang out for like another hour just drinking and bullshitting and stuff, which we should probably put that on the Patreon, by the way. But um, anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. So fucking, yeah, we get pretty faded. Well, fuck, dude, I'm getting faded almost every single night. How about you? Uh, Actually, you know what? I don't think I've gotten really, I, I don't think I've, I've gotten drunk a couple of times since this shit went down, but like not drunk drunk. Oh, I have. Oh, <laughs> uh, I, I have. Uh, I get- I, I know you have, but I, I do, like, I'm telling you, man, like, I, I hate to fucking pull this card again, but, like, I'm a kid. I don't want to be stumbling around all fucking drunk because, my you know, my kid's starting to, like, figure shit out now He's like, that my wife, wife wouldn't like daddy it either, so. drinks those blue cans, he gets really loud and breaks shit. What is that? Is that, like, daddy spinach? <laughs> da na 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 yeah, no shit. Uh, my, 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 my kid's probably going to start calling beer daddy juice or some shit like that. Oh, shit, or spicy juice. Well, fucking, yeah, good luck on that. Good luck on that. And uh, speaking of good luck, dude, um, you've got a couple of stories, true crime stories for today's episode. And I am very happy to hear these because you've been talking about these for quite a while. You're like, oh, Johnny, man, these are, are like so crazy, my man. These are so crazy. Fucking forget all the other shit that I've read. This shit is fucking insane. So now I here I am at the edge of my seat with my drink in my hand, sipping my whiskey, indulge me okay um actually yeah i would like to dedicate this episode to the illustrated mind of brian typhair thank you very much for your awesome artwork and your fan support very cool dude and uh actually you know what I'm, we're gonna pit stop because like uh, 
I know I said I'm only doing like one more and it's going to be the last one, but I was like, ah, there's just too many interesting murders. I hate to fucking say it, man. I'm I'm getting burned out of There's too many interesting fucking murders. So we're going to do another double barrel. And these ones are actually quite a bit more recent. Ooh. All right. Wait, did we cover them on the show before? Uh, no, they're not that recent. Oh, they're like from the they're 80s or 90s. Uh, uh, no, 2000 and 2004. Oh, well, in that case, I might have covered that. What, 2004? Did we start mm. this show in 2004? When did we start this show? 2009, yeah. <laughs> Oh, God. Here, yeah, I, I, I think take this, this whiskey away from me, all right? Fucking, it's uh, starting to kick in a bit. <laughs> and what, I like what if it. I, what, if I, what if I fucking could? And actually, the reason, like, okay, so we've got a uh, double barrel. Uh, okay, so we've got got an appetizer in the main course. And uh, this appetizer isn't very long, but it's interesting. But I, I got to tell you, this is perfect for our show because, like, you know, the news story. This is, like... One of the fucking... This came up in the news. This is one of the stories that just give us a boner. All right, go for it, dude. Go for it. Okay. So here we go for the appetizer. The Omuta murders were committed by four members of the Kitamuragumi, a Yakuza gang based in Omuta, Fukuoka, Japan. The Kitamuragumi was affiliated with the Dojinkai crime syndicate the four were sentenced to death for the murder of four people between uh, September 18th to the 20th of September 2004. In summary, Mami Kitamura had borrowed money from a 58-year-old woman, Say- Sayoko Taka- Takami. On September 18th of 2004, Mami and her... Yeah, so basically, yes, yeah, so this fucking uh, Yakuza like, lady fucking borrowed money from him. Uh, let's see. On September 18th of 2004, Mommy, her husband, and two sons strangled Sayoko and shot her 18-year-old son, uh, Tatsuyuki, and his 17-year-old friend, Junichihara. They put the victims in a car, then which they dumped into a river. On September 20th, they strangled Sayoko's 15-year-old son, Joji, whose half-naked body was found on September 21st. When police arrested Mommy the following day, she confessed to killing the, the killing of three other victims. The police found the car containing the bodies of the three victims in the Sewer River in Omuta. The other participants in the murders included Mommy's husband, Jitsuo Kitamura, the leader of the Kitakamigumi, Takashi Kitamura, her son from a previous marriage, and Takahiro Kitamura, her second son, both Takashi and Takahiro were former sumo wrestlers, respectively known as the Kyoruku Ryujin and Mikezan, with the family name Ishibashi. The police were closing in. Jitsuo made an uns- unsuccessful attempt to kill himself with a handgun. Takashi escaped from police, but was later recaptured. Jitsuo insisted that he had committed the murders alone, but the police regarded Mami as the main offender. They were disruptive during the trials on, on October 17th, 2006. Mami and Takahiro were sentenced to death. Jitsu and Takahashi were sentenced to death on uh, February 28th of 2007. On December 25th, uh, Fukuoka court upheld the original sentence for Mami and Takahiro. And then Takahiro screamed in court, Merry Christmas! <laughs> in English? Yes. That is that fucking great. Quote. 
So, oh, hold on, hold, hold on, hold on. Let me put, let me, let me put the Japanese pronunciation. So, Merry Christmas. Wait. On, uh, did the crimes... Wait, when was his court day? Was it, were they in court during Christmas? Yeah. Oh, okay. But then that makes sense. Because, I mean, that'd be really weird if it was, like, November. Yeah, sorry, sorry. I, I just read a bunch of dates that were flying at you. But, yeah, it was on December 25th. So, it was Christmas Day. <laughs> I'm going to die. Merry Christmas to me. On March 2008, the uh, Fukuoka High Court also upheld the original sentence for Ditsuo and Takashi. And that's all she wrote. Ah, okay. In popular culture. Uh, in 2010, a book about the murder uh, was written by Tomohiko Suzuki. And Death Row Family, a 2017, yeah, 2017 film was based on the book. That's pretty interesting. And that's all she wrote. Yeah, so, uh, I put a little bit of research into this, and like, there's not a lot. I mean, there's just there's. Well, there is a book. That's about it. And a movie. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, it's in Jap. It's all in Japanese. I mean, I, I, I did. I didn't do this hardcore, but like, yes, there's not a lot of research, at, le- at least to be done in English. But like, there's a lot fucking going on here. I would love to know more about this, especially like the two boys were like two former sumo wrestlers too. How how can you be like a former sumo wrestler? Like, I mean, did they get kicked out because they had like a gangster affiliation? No, dude. Because like sumo is like, I mean, they're they're before. Okay, first and foremost, before they're anything else, they're athletes. And athletes, you know, how do you say? After a certain amount of time, like, and they're and and, and they're in a combat sport. After a certain amount of time, their body takes a beating and they get old, and you know, they're no no longer able to push people out of the ring or whatever. And then they join the family business. Yeah, pretty much. Holy shit. Yeah, this is crazy. So this this family took out, what, five people? Uh, four. Four people. And then the government took out this whole family. So the mom, yeah. the dad, the brothers, the sisters, like this whole family got snuffed out. Yeah, so I'll just read it, read it again. Okay, so this uh, Yakuza bitch and her husband, who was the bo- big boss, and their two sons were the murderers. And they killed uh, this woman that uh, the Yakuza bitch owed money to, and her husband, and and her son, and was it her friend? Or sorry, her son's friend. Well, that's the Cliff Notes. Oh, wow, man, that's pretty insane, dude. I guess that is a Merry Christmas. Not her her husband, not her her two sons. She had a 15 and an 18-year-old son, and they killed the the oldest son's 17-year-old friend. Holy shit. Wow, dude, that's pretty insane. And when did this take place? 2004, right? Uh, 2004. Yes, you are correct. Wow. Yeah, I did not hear about this. Well, maybe I did and I forgot about it, but, uh, yeah, I don't think this was really big in the news. No, I don't think so, man. Uh, let's see. It would have been here. When did I get here? Yeah, I, I was here, what, 2003? Yeah, so it would have been around. Yeah, that's pretty insane. Wow, dude. And Fukuoka, too. Fukuoka is kind of, um, well, they got a lot of activity in that city, man. Hmm, Yeah. Actually, like, the Yakis are big down there. I guess they, they have a history down south or some shit. They, they kind of started from there. But, uh, yeah, actually, no, no shit. I was actually in the prefecture when this happened. Oh, interesting. Oh, wow. Pretty crazy, man. I got to see that movie now. Now I got to see that movie. And guess what? I ain't got shit to do tonight except for this podcast and watch that movie. What's the name of the movie? Uh, the name of the movie, once again, is called Death Row Family. Death Row Family. Holy shit. You know, all right, that movie is probably a really serious movie, but when you tell me the name, a little part of me thinks it's a comedy. Death Row Family, coming to you this April. 
<laughs> it's gonna there be a go. blockbuster. It's a situational comedy. I mean, think of it, man. Throw a mama yeah. from the uh, tree, dude. Up. Nothing but trouble. All these yeah. titles are kind of dark, right? Death Row Family. Yeah, which is Throw a Mama from the Train was an excellent movie, but it was you're right. It was it was very funny. It was like a lot of dark humor. It was a very funny movie. Okay, all right. So we've got Death Row Family, and the family has five people, right? You got the husband, the wife, and three kids. Two of the kids, wait, four. four? Oh, so it's the it's so it's the husband, the wife, and then the two kids that are sum, ex sumo wrestlers, right? Yes, that's correct. Okay, all right. Let's just say let's just say Hollywood takes up this movie. They're gonna make an American version of Death Row Family. Who do you think would play the father? Ooh, that's a good question. I don't know, man. <laughs> Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey's the Kevin father. Spacey. Who's the mother? Fuck, I don't know, dude. You, I just like you. Caught me, you really caught me flat-footed on this one. Of course. Who's the mother, dude? You got Kevin Spacey. Who's the mother? I don't fucking know, dude. Oh, I God, like, dude, you fucking suck at this, man. Okay, all right. I'm going to go for broke, and I'm going to say meh, Sharon Stone. Sharon Stone could pull it off, right? Or okay. Cameron Diaz. Maybe Cameron Diaz. She can get fat or something. It'd be kind of fun. All right, now the two kids. Now, keep in mind, they're ex-sumo wrestlers, which means they're kind of on the chubby side. Mm. But but they also gotta, kind of got to look mean. Oh, come on. Do they have to look mean? Well, they're fucking ex-sumo wrestlers and they're killers, so I would think so, yeah. Okay, all right, fine. Dude, you're terrible at this game. Jesus Christ. Okay, all right. One kid is good. He's obviously got to be Danny DeVito. Who's the second one? I don't know. Fucking Al Pacino. Fuck it, I don't know. Al Pacino. No, man. Are you correct? Well, he is kind of fat now. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll give that to you. All right. Yeah, okay, Al Pacino. Come on. Vito's not intimidating. You, you, they can't be sumo wrestlers. It's, an, it's the American version. That to be like, I don't know, maybe ex-boxers or something. No, man. Danny DeVito, he could totally rock that role, dude. Seriously. All right. Okay. So, Tommy, thank you very much for that first story. Clock, clock, double barrel. Next one. Shoot. Are you at Harajuku with some out-of-town friends or your family or significant others? Yeah! Do you want to chill and drink beer and eat sandwiches while your friends overpay for glitter unicorn socks? Yeah! And the flavor's gonna make you complete at Harry's Sandwich Company. So come on down to Harry's Sandwich Company in the heart of Harajuku, right off Takeshita Street. See you there! If you're gonna get your fit on, you gotta get your fit on in style. And that's why I use Ghost Town Palmade. Ghost Town Palmade is the number one badass palmade, and I practice what I preach. When I leave this house, if I'm not wearing a hat, if I'm not wearing a lid, I'm wearing Ghost Town Palmade in my hair. This stuff is amazing. It smells good, it looks good, and it feels good. Ghost Town Palmade, badass palmade. And let me tell you one thing, it comes in a lid. That's pretty badass. This whole world is so nerfed up these days. Everything is plastic and pink, but not Ghost Town Palmade. This stuff is a man's palmade, and it is hardcore. It's so hardcore, it's from Oakland, California. Oakland, California. That's right. Ghost Town Palmade. Get your fade on in style. Proper. Mitzia Liquors. 
Yo, what's up, faders? If you're in Asia, if you're in Japan, if you're in Tokyo, if you're in Asagaya, you better get down to Mitsuya Liquors. That's right. For the most affordable prices in Japan, you can get over 300 different kinds of beer. That's right, over 300 different kinds of beer. And of course, they got all the shochu you need, all the sake you need, and of course, they got wine from California to Italy to France. To New Zealand. They got it all. When I say they got it all, they really, seriously got it all. There's no joke about that. So get down to Mitsuya Liquors. And if you go in there and you say, Got Fit of Japan, you will be more than welcome to go into their back room and drink those beers that you just purchased. That's right, Got Fit of Japan at Mitsuya Liquors. And three times a week, they have a sushi chef there. So get your sushi on, get your drink on, get your fade on, and come on down to Mitsuya Liquors, located comfortably in Asagaya. About five minute walk from the station. Mitsuya Liquors. Yo, what's up, Faders? Got Faded Japan has got a new sponsor. Our new sponsor is Gamuso Bar, located in Asagaya, Tokyo. If you're kicking it in Tokyo and you want to get your groove on, get your fade on, you better get your ass down to Gamuso. Gamuso is located in Asagaya. It's about 11 minutes from Shinjuku Station on the Chuo Line. Gamuso has weekly bands, weekly performances. And hell, if you got your own event and you want to hold it at Gamuso, we'd love to host you. So contact Gamuso at www.gamuso.com. That's www.gamuso.com. That's right. Gamuso has not only beers in the bottle, but beers on tap. We've got every drink you want, so come on down to Gamuso. Gamuso, and if I'm working, tip me. Hey, yo, what's up, Baders? Johnny here. You know I love booze and news, but I also love art. So come on down to thespiltink.com and check my art out. I've got tons of stuff there for you to check out. I've got paintings, I've got prints, I've got videos. And I tell you what, if you like a painting, I could probably sell it to you. And I tell you what, if I can't sell you that painting, I will definitely sell you a print. I've got prints of all my work. Prints are about $2,000 N each, about $20, bucks, but if you buy two, you get the third one for free. So come on down to thespiltink.com. Yo, and on top of that, I'm looking for commissioned work. So if there's something that you want me to do, I can make it for you. Just check out my stuff and see if you like my style. And if you like my style, I can definitely paint you anything on canvas, paper, whatever. I've done it all. So come on down to thespiltink.com. That is. T H E S P I L T I N K dot com. The spilling dot com. Proper. Okay, yeah, once again, this this fucking story made me angry, but it's just it's it was terrible. It was easily preventable. But uh mm. Okay, the murder of Shiori Ino. Shiori Ino was born on May 18th, 1978, and died on September 26, 1999. She was a Japanese female university student who was murdered on October 26, 1999, at the age of 21. Following, okay, this is the important part, following months of stalking, the murder exposed significant dereliction of duties on the part of the police force in Saitama Prefecture. And brought about numerous changes to the legal treatment of stalking and is known as an example of media ma- manipulation. So that's, that's the main dig. Here we, go.、Uh, here we go with the stalking. In January of 1999, Shiori met Ino 
sorry, Shioni Ino met uh, Kazuhito Komatsu, a 26-year-old who operated a series of massage parlors with his brother Takeshi, a firefighter. Komatsu claimed to be a 23-year-old entrepreneur who dealt in cars, real estate, and precious metals. Because of course he fucking did it. Jesus, man. I'm surprised he just didn't come up to me like, yo, as a pimp, you want to be one of my hoes? Maybe she'd like him if you said that. Maybe she hates guys that sell cars. Yeah, maybe. Well, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see how like the, the relationship turned out. Uh, you, you can probably guess from the title. After four or five dates, Komatsu began presenting Ino with, with expensive gifts, uh, such as Louis Vuitton handbags and Gucci suits in public places. And when she refused, he began screaming at her, threat, uh, hurling abuse and threats in very public places loudly. He also began calling her home, despite the fact that she had only given him her cell phone number. When Ino attempted to break off contact, Komatsu threatened her until she agreed to keep seeing him. On March 24th, Ino confided in a friend that she had, was afraid for her life. On March 30th, she wrote a fucking will and again attempted to break off the relationship. She relented after Komatsu threatened her family, including insinuations about physically harming her younger brother, then an elementary school student. Jesus. So this guy's fucking going all out. In the asshole. 100% pure psycho. Yeah, no shit, dude. Just fucking a little kid, an elementary school student who doesn't have anything to do with this. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's not a happy story. Okay. Um, on June 14th, Ino met Komatsu at a cafe and unequivocally stated her intention to never, ever see him again. That same day, Komatsu, Takeshi, and their friend came to the Ino family home and threatened both Ino and her mother, presenting them with a series of lies about Ino being liable for fictional embezzlements that Komatsu had committed. Then the father came home. They then threatened Ino's father when he returned home from work, who, unmoved, ordered them out of the house after telling them to take the gifts Komatsu had forced on Ino. <laughs> I like this. Uh, the three retreated, specifically stating that they did not want the gifts back. Yeah, I, I like the father in this story. He just comes home and he's completely unfazed. There's just like three, there's, there's three strange dude, dudes in his house, like threatening his fucking wife and his daughter. And he just comes home from work and he's like, "Get the fuck out of my house, dude! That is fucking uh, badass, dude. Where did this take place? Yeah. Was this in Tokyo? Uh, uh, not quite. A little bit north, uh, Saitama. Ah, Saitama. That's Saitama. Don't fuck around up there." Man, that's pretty insane. The dad comes home. He sees a couple of kids in his place. He's like, you kids get the fuck out of here. Or I'm going to take off my belt. You don't want me to take off my belt. Yeah. See, yeah. see I, I liked it out already. He's, he's like, you know, he's like these three fucking punks are in his house. And like, you know, he sees them threatening his wife and his daughter. And he's like, get the fuck out. All right, Tom, let's let's uh, switch the table here. What if Dano is like 16 years old and he's got a stalker? He's got this girl. She's maybe a little older. She's like 25 years old. She's in college. He's in high school. This girl, she loves him. She comes over to your house or whatever with her friends and stuff. They're harassing him. Your wife's going crazy and shit. You come home. You got Dano. He's in the corner and stuff. He's like in like fetal position. He's sweating. He's crying. And you got all these chicks that are you're screaming and yelling like a bunch of hens and stuff. What would you do in that situation? It would be physically removed from my house. The girls? Really? Yes. <laughs> oh, Tom's wearing his big boy pants. 
<laughs> Physically remove them from my house. All right, shit, dude. All right, so let's read on. Okay, now, however, at the time, unbeknownst to them, Eno had made an audio recording of the entire ordeal, which she then presented to the Saitama police the next day. Despite the outrage of one younger officer, the officers who met met Eno told her that she had no case. That very same day, the Eno family received a call from someone calling himself Tanaka, which is like Mr. Smith, Demanding that the demanding the return of the gifts following a series of about twenty silent phone calls with heavy breathing. Whoa. This daily barrage of silent calls continued until October twenty-sixth. This is on this starts this like when it gets really bad is on June fourteenth, and they got like fucking daily phone calls. Like, you know, fucking creepy silent calls with heavy breathing until the uh, breathing until the fucking twenty-sixth of October. Over. This went on for months. I don't understand psychotic people like this. I mean, God, what? D- why would they do that? I mean, that's like a lot of energy and a lot of effort and a lot of money giving away these presents and shit. Louis Vuitton bags back in the day were really, really expensive. That's before they had well, all the knockoffs and shit, too, by the way. So, I mean, this is... I, I don't have the energy she- to fucking get my mail sometimes. <laughs> I, I can never be a fucking uh, stalker. No, no, I mean, I, I completely agree with you because think about this and like, and, and let's remind you just like the dude owns a fucking brothel. If he wants his dick wet or his dick sucked or whatever, you know, whatever he's fucking into, I'm sure he can find one of his, have one of his hoes take care of his needs. Like why, why he would fucking stalk this poor college girl? I, I don't know. You know, maybe it's kind of like in the movie Fright Night. You've seen Fright Night, right? Okay, so the vampire... Okay, in the movie Fright Night, the vampire has this painting that looks like Brewster's girlfriend. I forget her name, right? But anyway, so when the vampire, the main vampire, when he sees Brewster's girlfriend, he's like, holy shit. She looks just like my old, old, old girlfriend from like the 1700s or something like that. And then he's completely infatuated with this girl, right? Maybe that's the same situation. Maybe this girl, she she looks and she acts and she talks just like this guy's maybe ex-girlfriend or ex-bottom bitch or maybe his mom or something. I don't know if he's got mommy issues or whatever. I don't know. Probably. Probably. But the thing is, maybe maybe this girl looked like somebody he knew and then he's just like, oh my God, I got to get with this girl. But this guy's got a screw that's a little bit loose, right? So in that case there, he's approaching the whole situation completely wrong. From top to mm. bottom, by the way. Yeah. No, I agree with you. Because, no, because I've looked at pictures of her. And, like, yeah, I mean, like, she's definitely an attractive young lady in, in the pictures. But um, I was going to say, you know what she kind of reminds me of? Like, she's, like, conserv- conservatively dressed. She kind of reminds me, like, uh, this student I used to teach, like, I forgot. It would have been more than 10 years ago. But, like, a really nice girl who was, like, a straight-A student and, like, a serious student was was a nice, attractive, smart girl. This is, like, I don't know her. But I'm just saying, like, the pictures I saw of her, it kind of reminds me of that. So, mm. Okay, that was completely meaningless, but all right. (laughs) I mean, so she looks like a smart, attractive girl. Okay, that you used to know. Yeah, regardless, man. Like, yeah, I mean, she must have had something special going. I don't fucking know. I don't. I don't pretend to know what goes in in the minds of any of these psychos. But anyway, on June sixteenth, two days after the incident, Eno again went to the Saitama police with her parents. The police once again refused to take action and suggested 
and here's, here's where it gets bad, and suggested that she was at fault for breaking up with a smitten suitor after accepting such expensive gifts. They said it was her fault? Yep. The cops so said like, it was her fault for accepting gifts from an ex-boyfriend. Were they just friends or acquaintances? No, nah, well, like, well, it said, like, it said after four or five dates and, like, maybe, maybe after a couple of dates, but I don't know. I mean, it doesn't make him, like, boyfriend and girlfriend. I don't know. It depends on your definition. Not really. Man, but still, guys, I think the cops completely, utterly dropped the ball. I mean, but they, they dropped the ball and then they shot the ball and then they put the ball on a barbecue and they turned up the gas and then they took the ashes and they dumped it in the sea. That's how bad they dropped the ball in this case, man. Oh, dude, we, we we haven't even gotten started. How bad, like the police fucked up this this uh, this uh, investigation, this whole thing. Are but I would say they dropped. Yeah, they dropped the ball, slipped on a banana peel. The ball went up their ass, like so far up the, their ass that it didn't see any sunlight. Yeah, that kind of sucked. Okay, read on. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, they also went to a free legal clinic run by the Chamber of Commerce as suggested by the police because like the police were fucking worthless and didn't want to do anything. After a 15-minute consultation, the lawyer dismissed their current stating that, quote, but she had a lot of things bought for her, right? Again, I'm like, again, like, everybody seems to like blame it on her. It's like, well, well he bought your expensive stuff, so like, you know, fuck this young lady and her right to like, you know, and her, you know, fucking right to choose or right for fucking permission for any of this stuff. So wait, was this like Jesus. a thing back then? So like if a guy met a girl and he's like, here, I got a Louis Vuitton bag for you. Boom. All right. And then she accepted it at that time in Japanese culture. Did that mean he had like, um, I guess, rights over her or she became his property or something? I don't think so, man. I'm sorry, man, but like, just because like you buy a woman expensive presents, she is no under no obligation to sleep with you or date with date you or do any sexual favors or whatever the fuck this guy wanted. Oh, true. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure. Like, I'm pretty sure women don't see it that way, and I'm pretty sure any man who sees it that way is a fucking knucklehead and a fucking cave dweller. Oh no, this I'm guy's concerned. a fucking maniac too, with a capital M. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, that which is also fucking shitty again. Okay. The following day, Ino once again received a call from Komatsu demanding they get back together. She again refused and stated that she had been to the police. Komatsu reacted angrily before hanging up. So, yeah, so he cursed her out. Okay, on June twenty first, Ino sent everything Komatsu had forced her to uh, had forced her on her to his address by by courier service. So, in other words, like, let me reiterate this again. They said she accepted the gifts, but, like, she initially refused the gifts because it was just, like, the guy just did it in, in very public, you know, displays, and the, this girl got embarrassed. So she said she didn't want the stuff. And remember, these guys just showed up at, at her fucking house and just dumped the stuff off and then threatened her. So, again, it's like she's not fucking – It's like, this is not her fault. Like, this shit was fucking forced on her, but yeah. Anyway, anyway so she, yeah, she fucking sent it back, you know, sent it back back to the address by career service. So fuck all that. The following day, on June twenty second, Takeshi approached thirty uh, three year old Yoshifumi Kubota, a former manager of one of his massage parlors, with a twenty million yen murder for hire scheme at Komatsu's behest. 
Kubota agreed and in, in turn recruited two acquaintances, Akira Kawakami and Yoshitaka Ito. Komatsu departed for Okinawa, o- Okinawa on July 5th to build an alibi. Okay. Over the following, or the next four months, you know, family, the, okay, this is really sad. This is fucking four months. This is only paraphrased, but over the next four months, Eno's family endured an escalating series of harassments and threats, including hundreds of posters and letters that slandered Eno and her father distri- distributed throughout the neighborhood oh. and to the father's workplace. Yeah. I know. This, this is like a fucking campaign of terror. And the cops didn't do shit. Well, the family repeatedly went to the police armed with the letters, photos of license plates, and various other pieces of evidence, and the police did shit because they refused to take action. They uh, proceeded legally by pressing libel charges, only to be actively obstructed by senior precinct officers who were worried that having, having an unresolved open case such as this would hurt their standing in the public eye. Pretty bad. Pretty bad. In the me- yeah, in the Pretty meantime. Pretty bad. I mean, this is like this is like an all shucks moment right here, man. Like, oh shucks. This is pretty bad, man. Yeah. In the meantime, Kubota, Kawakami, and Ito, armed with Ino's photo, watched her residence and the local train station to plan the killing. On our October 26, 1999, Ino left her home on on bicycle, as she usually did, heading for Okegawa Station to attend afternoon classes at her college. Ito was watching from a nearby car and alerted Kawakami, who drove to the station and dropped off Kubota. Kubota walked up to Ino, she got off her bicycle, and stabbed her once in the side. As she turned, he stabbed her again in the heart. Ino was pronounced dead at Akio. Yep. That's, uh, yeah, that's generally what happens when you take a fu- knife to the fucking heart. Yeah. Uh, yeah was the heart can take a lot, but not a knife. Yeah, not a knife. Uh, Eno was pronounced dead at uh, Ageo's uh, Central Station, uh, Central General Hospital. Immediately. And, 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 okay, so that's bad. Like, we're agreeing. This is fucking horrific and horrible. Here's where it gets worse. Oh, no. Jeez. Stop it. <laughs> Pump the brakes. <laughs> I'm getting out of this car. I told you, man. I told you. I told you, man. This is this this, this whole fucking story just make you really angry. It's pissing me off, man. Pissing me off. Yeah. Immediately following the murder, the Saitama police began a campaign of disinformation, falsely portraying the victim as a promiscuous flirt with a taste for expensive brand name goods. So, yeah, so they basically said she was a gold-digging whore. Wait, the cops did that? Yeah, the cops did this. The fucking cops. Because they realized they fucked up, so they tried to cover it up. Oh, man, the safe face. Oh, that poor family. Could you imagine the parents? Oh, God, that's terrible. Oh, man, could you imagine? I would have to fucking leave Saitama. I'm like, I'm, I'm fucking done with this prefecture. I'm going somewhere. Dude, everybody involved should be completely fired and humiliated, dude. Everybody involved, dude. All the cops and shit that said no, except for that one guy, the junior guy at the very beginning of the story. That guy, well, still he didn't do shit, you know. But fuck, dude, that's fucked up. That oh, oh, that gets under my skin. 
All right, read on. Piss me off some more, Tom. Come on, oh, do oh, it. No. Push my it's buttons. Gonna... This, this is going to piss you off more because it gets worse. <clears throat> okay. After that, the tabloids and then the mainstream press quickly jumped on the band bandwagon and started manufacturing lurid stories about uh, Eno working secretly working as, as an escort. Again, none of this was true. Nobody has integrity. Yeah, nobody has any fucking integrity. Like it, it, it was a fucking big media case, and the media said, "Yeah, she's totally a hoe." <clears throat> <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> oh, that sounds bad. All right, okay, <laughs> that's gonna be my new ringtone. <laughs> okay, yeah, the Komatsu brothers and their accomplice were not arrested until ba 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 ba. Okay, here's where it gets a lot better. Here's where. Our fin- finally, our hero, who's a little bit late to the party, finally emerges. They were finally uh, they were arrested until Kiyoshi Shimizu investigated the case for himself. His report, published in the magazine Focus, laid bare Eno's long and hard ordeal and included a photograph of her stalker. Okay, so basically, like, this fucking, all the, after all this bullshit happened, and, like, one fucking, like, you know, freelance reporter was, like, looked into it, it was like, nah, yeah, something's not lining up here. Okay, on December 19th, 1999, Kubota was arrested. On December 20th, 1999, Takashi, uh, sorry, Takeshi and Ka- uh, Kawakami and Ito were also arrested. On January 26, 2008, eight other people were arrested for assisting with their harassment, and a warrant was issued for Komatsu, who evaded arrest and went to Sapporo, Hokkaido, where he was tracked down or once again, <laughs> once again, where he was tracked down by the reporter Shimizu. This guy's just like a fucking like raw dog journalist. He just fucking went after these guys. I want to fucking shake could... this guy's hand and buy him a beer. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this fucking yeah, this fucking reporter Shimizu is awesome. So like, the police couldn't even do their job, so he did it for him. And it was like, yeah, look at this shit. Even fucking cracked down the the killer. <clears throat> On December twenty seventh, two thousand, Komatsu's body was found in a lake in uh, Teshikaga, Hokkaido. His death was ruled to be a suicide. With a note in his hotel luggage indicated that he had planned to kill kill himself soon after he arranged for Eno's murder. Jesus Christ, dude. This guy is sick from top well, to bottom, man. I know, right? But, like, he's fucking dead now by suicide. Or so they say. Then again, with all the fucking embarrassment of the police, I wouldn't be... You think his death is maybe a little bit suspect? Is this? You think maybe this journalist hunted him down? He just got angry and he's like, you know what? I'm going to show you th- how, how we do things where I come from and just, like, iced him. Oh, you think the journalist iced him? Maybe. Or one of the cops. It's think one of the cops... Because one of the cops might have iced him and shit. They're like, you know what? You made us look like a goddamn fool. Not just me, but the whole fucking force and shit. And so you think that was something that could have happened? You think the cops kind of maybe took him out? Yeah. Oh, cops wait a taken him out. Maybe this guy is just a big fucking psychotic pussy. No, he's a big psychotic pussy. He fucking did himself in. He pulled maybe. The so any of the above. Yeah. <clears throat> Okay, so now we get into the aftermath. A legislative hearing was conver- convened into the police, uh, the police handling of the Eno case. The Saitama police were criticized, in uh, largely criticized in the media for dereliction of duty. The head of the police force formally apologized to the Eno family. 
Following an investigation, six officers were disciplined and three senior police officers were fired and indicted on document uh, sorry, on uh, documents. Okay, falsification of documents charge over the refusal to process the charges brought by Eno during the harassment campaign. On September 7th, 2000, Toshio Katagiri and Horikazu Furuta were both sentenced to a year and a half in prison, while Tsuyoshi Honda was sentenced to a year, one year and two months in prison. And oh, by by the way, uh, like I should I should mention that the during while this was going on, their father was very outspoken. These sentences were way too light. Oh, fucking way too light. Way too a, a fucking year. <clears throat> Yeah, uh, two guys got a year and a half. One got uh, 14 months. Dude, I would have given him a fucking nickel or a dime, dude. Maybe just a dime. Yeah, fucking give him 10 years. Hey. <clears throat> yeah, well, even worse. However, they were allowed to they were allowed to receive suspended sentences. Yeah, so they, served, they basically got three years probation off this. Oh, fucking bullshit. Oh god, dude. Yeah. Oh, oh. Everybody that's listening right now is just going, "Oh, god damn it. Are you fucking serious? Everybody's pulling a Nick Nolte." Yeah, I know what I know I know exactly what you're saying, man. No, I, no, I agree with you. At a very fucking public trial, you think the fucking courts would have been like, "Yeah, this is a really public trial. Let's make a fucking example of him and give him like, you know, 10 or 15 years or whatever or whatever in prison." Yeah, but they didn't. They fucking, like, not even a slap on the wrist, dude. They just fucking, like, tickled their balls a little bit. Like, all right, there you go. <laughs> Walk the beat. The streets are yours. Oh, man. That is fucked up, dude. That poor fucking family, dude. Oh, man. You know what the father probably thought? The father's like, God damn it. I should have kicked their fucking asses when I found them in my house. I really should have taken off my belt and fucking slapped them around like the little bitches they are. Oh, I would have taken off my shoe and smacked them around a couple of times because in Japan they don't have guns. So this guy, fucking, he's got to use uh, other resources. So he's got his fucking shoe and he's got his fucking belt and he should have just beat the shit out of these two fucking psychos. Oh, man, dude, that sucks, man. So, Tom, you know what? If you ever come home and you see little Dano in the corner shivering and crying and you see two, like, older, like, stalkers that are, like, I don't know, maybe, like, 25 years old or something like that, dude, you got to take off the belt, dude, and go to town, which sounds really bad. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. On uh, Okay, on December 22nd of 2000, Eno, uh, Eno's family sued the Saitama police. On February 16, 2003, the district court uh, ruled that the police would have to pay consolation money, but denied that the police had neglected, uh, uh, police neglect had allowed Eno's murder, which is, again, again, oh, is fucking bullshit. Bullshit. It doesn't say in the article here, but, like, yeah, I looked it up at other sources. So, basically, the family got half a million bucks out of this. Dude, a fucking life is priceless. I know, I agree, dude. Like, would I, would I fucking train my son's life for half a million dollars? Hell no. There ain't no fucking amount of money, man. I don't fucking care. Yeah. I don't yeah, care if you that. Me, true that. I don't care if you I don't care if you offered me like legal ownership or the moon or the fucking sun. Like, you know, it's not worth my fucking child's whoa, life. Whoa, 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 whoa. Dude, the sun is really big. It's not worth it, it ain't worth it. It ain't worth my, <laughs> worth my kid's life. All right, all right, all right. Just busting your chops a little bit. Oh, man, dude. Those were fucking pretty hardcore stories, dude. That second one. God damn, dude. That second one just pissing me it's, off, it, man. It's 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 really fucking horrific and bad. It, it, it really is. 
But um, there is a little little bit of a silver lining to this, and like this does kind of relate to some of the some of the stories we covered in the past. Let me read. Let me let me read uh, the the uh, how do you say the legacy of this, so to speak. Okay. Okay. A stalker regulation law took effect in November 2000 uh, as a result of Eno's murder. Received the Editor's Choice Magazine Journalism Award and the National Association of Commercial Broadcasters in Japan Reporting Award for his coverage of Eno's case. He would later receive the same awards after, again, after getting an innocent man cleared of charges of the Ashikaga murder case, uh, part of the Northern Kanto serial girl kidnapping and murder case. Oh, shit. And pointed out similarities and yeah, with how the police and the prosecutors had handled the Ashikagi and Izuka cases uh, compared to the Ino case. So in other words, okay, this dude, uh, fucking Shimizu, is just like a fucking superhero journalist. Hell yeah. Okay. Kubota was sentenced to eight, 18 years in prison. Kawakami and Ito were each sentenced to 15 years in prison each. And blah, blah, blah. Takashi was sentenced to life imprisonment. Yeah, okay. So uh, I'm going to paraphrase this, but like after after this, not only that, it only mentions the one... um. Uh, anti-stalking law they've gotten in November of 2006. A- actually, after this, there was a slew of like stock, very like pretty sternly worded, pretty like harsh like anti-stalking laws after this and the w- uh, years that would follow. And apparently, um, what is it like? Women in the law, like uh, a, lo- a lot of feminists have kind of rallied around this case uh, for stricter punishments for stalking and abusive behavior by uh, boyfriends, lovers, husbands, etc. So as, as unfortunate as this entire case is, it did like it did. How do you say move things in the correct direction so that there's some stiffer laws and penalties and uh, should we say preventions of such things happening? Man, they should make a statue out of that fucking reporter, man. Somewhere there should be a statue of that guy and me- maybe the girl, too, man, because I mean, dude, uh, stalking is still a fucking problem. I mean, not not even just in Japan, but all over the world, dude. Having a stalker is a fucking scary thing. And we've all seen the movie Fatal Attraction, right? I mean, fucking, that ain't no joke, man. Fucking, it, it can get really fucking hairy, dude. Fucking having somebody watch you and shit, and you don't even know when they're watching you. I mean, that's fucking spooky, man. And they can pull some crazy shit. So I thank God that these laws are established to protect both men and women. And I'm mean, mostly women, to be honest. But I mean, shit, dude. It's, it's be honest, yeah. Yeah, especially in Japan. Yeah, definitely women. But still, I mean, fucking, it's good that there's these laws that are established and stuff. And I can't believe that it took them, this country, so long to have these laws. Fucking what? what, This happened in what? 1999? Jesus Christ. They should have had these laws in like 1959, dude. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so it did push some laws in, in in, in, in the right direction. I agree with that. But yeah, it's it's pretty fucked. Shit, man, that's so, crazy. Have you ever had a stalker? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I did. It was creepy. What happened? What was his name? Yeah, there you go. Nah, there, there was this girl I dated, and like, uh, I was kind of sleeping around at the time, and like, she was like, it was weird, man, because she was like a counselor at a hospital too. But I was kind of sleeping around. She didn't like that, and I, I figured just kind of like, if she wasn't cool with that, she'd probably just break it off. But uh. Oddly enough, she made friends with my uh, next-door neighbor who was this, like, uh, half-Japanese, half-American girl that I worked with. And, like, I didn't have a laundry machine, and, like, we, we were friends. So, like, we, like, took down the gate on my, uh, what was it, like, my only fucking balcony so I could climb over and get into her balcony just to do my laundry. Creepy. You know, that was all cool. 
yeah. Well, well, hey, man, it, it was cool. Like, I was cool with that. I didn't have that kind of relationship with the girl. Okay, I'll be, I'll be honest. Like, the my next door neighbor did come on to sleep with me, but I was like, eh, work for the same company. You know, lives next door. I, I, I didn't want the fucking drama that I knew was fault. I knew was sure to follow, and also like I'll be honest, like she was attractive, which I, I could tell she had a screw to me. But that's that's neither here nor there. But she buddied up with this other girl. So like one day it's the weekend, and like I was partying pretty hard at this time. But for whatever reason, I decided I was just gonna fucking stay inside and just read fucking magazines because like the, the, the my other next door neighbor is some Irish guy who dumped off a bunch of like Maxims. Like, you know, fucking men's magazine. So I just like, yeah, I just fucking stayed in, read, read uh, magazines and listened to music. It was great. So I'm walking around my place in my underwear, and I hear a knock. Not on my door, on my fucking balcony window. I look out, and this fucking chick's just standing there. I'm standing there in my boxes only, going, what the fuck? And I open, I just open the door up, and she's like, normally, like, hello! I, I thought I'd come over, and I, I was next door hanging out with Iris, and I thought I'd come over and see how you do it. I'm like, bitch, do you know what a doorbell is? Dude, that's pretty scary, man. That is pretty fucking freaky. What did you do, man? Did, did you call the cops? <laughs> wait, no, wait, you was this? The There's cops. no law, right? <laughs> I no, I, I didn't call the cops, but I fucking I did have a little bit of a talking to like my next door neighbor, and she claims like they were they were just hanging out, having a couple drinks, and like she went to the toilet, and she like this like chick just elected to do that. I don't know, I don't know, man. But like, anyway, she stalked me for a little bit, and then then and then I guess she just got pissed off, and like one day she just like stopped it i don't know so it wasn't like it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't fucking anything serious or psycho i didn't find like any dead rats or dead cats in front of my door or anything like that it was a rabbit tom but, yeah it was a rabbit yeah still fucking creepy yeah very creepy so you know what, tom, if you ever yeah, get you another any, stalker stalkers? huh what's that if you, you ever, ever get stalkers what no let me talk first <laughs> motherfucker okay, uh, God. Sorry, sorry, sorry. all right if you ever get another stalker, if, if whatever the situation, if you get a stalker and, and fucking they won't leave you alone, just pick up the phone the next time they call. And if they call, they're like, I want to see you right now. Just be like, listen, and say this word for word. Um, you know what? At first, I didn't want to see you because, you know, I was just, I was scared and I was nervous. And um, anyway, so then I decided that I actually do want to see you. So I, I, I do want to continue our relationship. But um, when I thought about that, I wanted to think about our, I, I thought about our future. And so I decided to go to the doctor to get some blood work done. And um, apparently I'm HIV positive and I've got gonorrhea. And a slight case of syphilis and possibly herpes, but um, yes, if you, if you wanna if you wanna make this work, if you wanna make this happen, if you wanna take my hand, if you wanna wear my ring, we could do this together. And I, I guarantee, after after you say hepatitis or even herpes, if you can make it to herpes, dude, no way, dude, that relationship is dead in the water. <laughs> <laughs> most people would be fucking done with AIDS some people would be like well it's kind of curable but once you reach the herpes dude nobody wants herpes uh, you, well if you're gonna if you're gonna go that far man why don't you just fucking throw in cancer for like no good reason and it's like yeah and I only have six months to live so fuck it no cancer's not contagious though man if you say cancer they're like I will take care of you every second of every day yeah, I'll be at your bed yeah. watching you while you sleep feeding you when you don't want to be fed you know I mean it could get really fucked up man yeah, that's, that's true. That's true. Yeah, never. Okay, say so cancer. last thing here. We, yeah, 
Uh, last thing about this. Uh, in, in the media, in in, Jap- in Japan, the crime has been dramatized for television twice. One version was based on Shimizu's writing of the story and was aired on October 28th of 2002. Another version in which Rina Uchiyama played the role of Ino was aired on December 13th of 2003. Fuck, man. Okay. And that's it for the story. So shout out to Mr. C- Shout out to Mr. Shimizu for being a fucking superhero journalist. Fuck yeah, dude. They gotta make a fucking statue and fucking... Dude, take down Hachiko and put that guy's statue in Shibuya, dude. Seriously, man. We gotta get this guy some more awareness, man. Oh, man. Fucking... I would fucking go to that statue every day after work at... Well, fucking if I still had a job and shit. And fucking drink a beer <laughs> at that statue, man. Fucking proudly, man. Because it's it's fucking awesome that's, that there's good people and fucking hardworking, cool people like that out there. Yeah, yeah. So this was pretty hard, like hardcore, and like it was. It's again, it's very, very unfortunate what happened. This uh, nice young lady who had her whole life ahead of her, but like silver lining. Hopefully, like you know, fucking laws have some more teeth, and like hopefully the police will actually do their jobs, and like shit like this don't happen no more. I think they do that. I think now that these laws have been established, that actually the cops are doing their job regarding this kind of a situation. Now, okay, Tom. If this became a movie in Hollywood, who would play the stalker? Dude, I don't know, man. Dude, I want to. I give up, man. I've had like I've had almost a full bottle of champagne, dude. I don't want to play this game anymore. God damn it! Oh man, you're no fun. Oh come on. Yeah, because I'm I'm no fucking fun because I already, I fucking did all this work to research all these fucking articles and find cool, interesting shit. Yeah, dude, I'm no fucking fun. No, you are no fun. You're good at... You're, dude, you're a fucking fantastic bookworm, dude. Fucking hats off to you. But when it comes to fun, dude... Mm, B minus. I could have given you a C. <laughs> all right. I'll fucking take that. You'll take that. All right, cool. All right, man. Well, oh, yeah. I, I, I know no matter, no matter what you say, you're going to have a fucking come up, come back or a fucking better idea for an actor or an actress or whatever. Just fucking go for it, dude. Go nuts. No, I can't go nuts. You can't play the game by yourself, dude. This is That would be like the end of war games. Remember the end of war games and shit where the computer is playing tic-tac-toe by himself, dude? Fucking nobody wins, man. It's not fun. But anyway, all right. Warriors, come on to play. Yay. Here we go. Um, You know what? I think on Friday, we're going to do a fucking normal Got Faded Japan show. Uh, we've got actually quite a few interesting stories that I want to get to. So we got that. And also, next week, yes, I do have a story about a band in Japan that I, I've been I've been doing a little bit of research on. And um, they're a pretty awesome band that I want to talk about. So that will be my contribution to the side shows. Oh, okay, cool. So you got, you got like an interesting band. That, that's that's cool. Like uh, I'm down for some pop culture. After this, um, let me see what it was. Uh, this was part four of our true crime series. And um, oh my god, looks like yeah. I actually, I found a I found another double ba- barrel of some juicy murders. So we're doing that. Oh, and then, fuck I awesome. swear to God, I I know I keep saying this, but I swear to God. So I'll, I'll do. Two more of these, and I swear to God, I'm saving the the absolute worst fucking case for last. Wait, 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 wait. It gets worse? It gets worse? We had Sada Abe, and then we got this fucking stalker creepy fuck? Oh, my God. That's, that's, I I, I don't know where we're going to go. Oh, by the way, uh, Tom, I, I'm not sure if this is good news or bad news for you, but I just got a notification on my phone 
perfect fucking timing. Uh, the yeah. lockdown, the mild lockdown of Tokyo and Osaka is going to continue for another month. Boom. Um, yeah, I, I, I kind of had my suspicions anyway. Um, I'm, I'm cool with that. Yeah, I'm cool with it too. I'd, I'd, I'm, I'd rather, th- I'd rather they keep like, you know, the fucking soft lockdown and like, you know, try to get the shit under control rather than like reopen too early. Cause I, I think, uh, Hokkaido had really bit, bad problems with that. Hokkaido, like proportionally for the population got like hit pretty hard by this whole, whole fucking, uh, pink elephant situation. Yeah. But, uh, they but after after a while, they're like, ah, fuck it. You know, we'll reopen. What's what's the worst that could happen? And then, yeah, shit got real. Yeah, so like, no, nah, exploded I'd, up there. I'd, yeah, so I'd rather I'm I'm cool with that, man. I know, I know it's a fucking hard shit, but like, I'd rather they do things right and get the shit under control. You know what's gonna happen though, man. I mean, after another month of this, like, I've already been inside. I haven't left my house. I've I've been inside pretty much and like self quarantine since. I think like the 20th of last month. So it's been about a month and 40 days, I think. Dude, another 30 days on top of that. That's going to be 367, 70 days, dude. We're going to have to change the name of Got Fit of Japan. Now, what are we going to change it to? Fat Fuck Japan, dude. You and I are going to be a couple of fat fucks, man. It's going to be Fat Fuck Japan. Two, two fat fucks reading the news, booze, and whatever. <laughs> Hang loose. I don't know, man. I'm going to have to fucking start doing aerobics for real, man. I was fucking around with my wife today, just kind of fucking having fun, seeing if I could do it and shit, and just, you know, playing around with my wife. I thought it was, like, kind of entertaining. But now, dude, I think I'm going to have to fucking start doing the Japanese Jane Fonda workout, man, because, dude, fucking 70 days fucking not leaving my apartment, dude. I'm going to get fucking... Oh, dude, I'm going to get obese. Ah, fuck, man. No more whiskey for me. Too much sugar, dude. I'm going to fucking just only roll with gin. Yeah, so she'd be fucked up, man. Yeah, dude. Fucking you too, man. You got to be careful, man. I haven't seen you wear normal clothes in a long time and shit, dude. Fucking you just keep on wearing the same sweatshirt and stuff, which is getting tighter and tighter, by the way. I see your titties rolling around. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Well, faders, on that note, both Tommy and I is a little bit too faded to carry on this podcast, uh, which is dominantly about us being faded. (laughs) (laughs) pretty much anyway um, I want to take a second and I want to say thank you to all our faders that are supporting us on Patreon Um, there's quite a few of you guys now that are getting all that awesome bonus content and supporting the show and and you guys know who you are and it really does mean a lot to us I mean fucking uh, yeah we've got another month of not working Tom's got a kid (laughs) (laughs) we're fucked but it's all good we are going to continue giving you guys fucking bonus content we're going to continue doing this show three four times a week we're going to do more interviews more sideshows and all that jazz it's going to fucking be better and better and better and um yeah thank you it really means a lot really really we sincerely thank you guys and um for all you guys out there everybody all the faders out there hey man stay inside drink your booze at home Fucking don't drive your cars. Don't drink and drive. If you're going to drink and drive, make sure you're playing Grand Theft Auto. Because, I mean, if you cause some havoc and shit, <laughs> jail's a joke, right? But, um, yeah, yeah, stay safe. In all serious, stay safe, stay cool, and fade on. Yeah, man, I, w- I was going to say, man, the, the only acceptable way to do drunk driving is when you're playing a video game. There's Indeed. nothing wrong with that. 
nothing wrong with drunk driving if you're playing a video game, but don't do that shit in real life. Yep, yep, don't do that shit at all, man. Fuck that. Uh, definitely stay inside. Well, fucking, they're not going to drink and drive. They're staying inside. So, yeah, stay inside, fucking hang out, drink your booze. And fucking, you know, I hear I hear some parts of America are going dry. I was listening to the Mediocre Show, the podcast with um Eric Tomorrow. And um, uh. anyway, they, they were talking about in Pennsylvania, like it's hard to get booze right now. So fucking there's like these guys that are like smuggling booze. They're like fucking like, what's it called? Um, like Al Capone back in the day and shit. They're fucking smuggling booze and shit from one state to another state and shit because some states are kind of going dry and shit. Isn't that fucking <laughs> insane? How How is that illegal? It's not like booze is illegal. No, no. But certain states have certain laws that are completely different than other states. Like, for example, uh, in New Orleans, you can drink whiskey. New Orleans is like Tokyo or Japan. You can drink on the street. But New York, if you're mm. drinking on the street, you can go to jail. They'll, they'll write you a hefty ticket, <laughs> right? And then in other states, the fucking drinking, the, the, I think the age limit is 18 still, maybe in Texas or some shit. But yeah, every state is a little bit different and shit. And I heard that Pennsylvania is not a dry state, but it's really hard to get fucking booze right now. Oh, really? No shit. Yeah, dude. So huh. fucking faders, uh, stock up on booze. Forget about toilet paper. You don't need that shit. Stock up on booze. And, and in my experience, don't get beer. Even though we fucking all love beer, I love beer. But the thing is this, man. You get a six-pack, dude, that's gone in six motherfucking minutes, man. Get yourself, spend a little money, and get a nice big bottle of gin, some whiskey. Um, if you're up for a tequila, but get some shit that's going to fucking last, dude. I got, well, I'm almost out of my fucking whiskey. I've got now i got a bottle of really cheap whiskey and a quarter bottle of this one here but um yeah yeah stock up on the hard shit because the hard shit can stretch tom thoughts no i agree with you man like uh yeah i got to i'm uh i've most i've drunk most of my liquor cabinet but right now but like uh i got a little bit i got a i still got a fucking fifth of tequila left it's a cheap shit though but yeah, I might have to invest in some actual good stuff, like a bottle of whiskey that might last me a while. Why don't you get I a agree. bottle of shochu? Mm, shochu's good, but like I don't know, man. Like I'm, I'm shochu's fine, but like I'm more in the mood for like whiskey. Yeah, maybe whiskey. I'm more of a whiskey guy. Yeah. But anyway. But a personal personal preference, you know this. Yeah, true, true, true. But for me and stuff, when it comes to shochu, especially like emo shochu, I can't drink that shit fast, man. I love it. I like to enjoy it, but I like to chew on it, right, and take my time with it. So if I get a glass of like emo shochu or maybe even uh, mugi shochu, you know, it's something that kind of lasts a little bit longer. And in this kind of a fucking climate and shit, where you really got to pinch pennies and shit, and you really don't want to go inside to replenish your alcohol cabinet, your liquor cabinet. I mean, getting something that's going to last is, like, fucking the good way to go. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so, again, stay in, stay safe, and, uh, yeah, that's about it. Yeah, it's about it. Well, man, Tom, thanks a lot. Thanks again for doing that fucking story, man. Those Both those stories are fantastic. Your research is impeccable. Um, Faders, thank you very much for tuning in to this very special episode of Got Faded Japan. And we will see you in, what, three days? Two days? Two days. <laughs> Wait, what day is today? Today's Thursday? Today's Wednesday. Today's Wednesday. Wednesday? Wednesday? That's a national holiday today, isn't it? I forgot about that. No, it's not. It's yeah, fucking I'm like, garbage I'm day. I'm off work. Because, uh, we're, we're, just, we're starting Golden Week, dude. I'm basically oh, off work. I got a fucking week? mail from the security guard company. Like, yeah, I was off work. Oh, shit. It's show a day. 
It's show a day. Today is a holiday. It's show a day. What the fuck is show a day? Showa era. Oh, from the Showa time period? Oh, yeah, okay. I thought, was, I, believe. I, thought, I thought you wanted me to show up my wiener. <laughs> anyway, Baders, we're fucking done. We're out of here. The fucking boat has got a fucking hole, and we're sinking slowly. So, Baders, we will see you in a couple of days. And on that note, peace. Bye-bye. My own brother, a goddamn shit-sucking vampire. Oh, you wait till mom finds out, buddy. I've got a government job to abuse and a lonely wife to fuck. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. God, the pressure! I can't take it! I can't take it! I can't stand to it! You sure I should do this, man? We're going freaky! We came, we saw, we kicked his ass! Your move, creep. Man, I will never forgive your ass for this shit. This is some fucked up repugnant shit. Eh, fuck it, dude. Let's go bold.